You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Christmas, and I am so glad that you guys decided to join us here at Foothills Church to celebrate on this Christmas Eve. When you drove onto our campus, you probably recognize there's a big mess next door, and, and that's because uh, our church is growing and God is blessing, and, and so uh, we are in the process of building a new auditorium that's going to seat roughly 1,200 people, and so it's going to be ready this August. We're super excited about it, so excuse the mess, but again, I'm glad that you're here, and, and you know, really, I hope you'll come back on January 8th when I start a brand new sermon series here on Sunday mornings. Uh, a series that we're calling Detox, because the reality is a lot of us experience in this world a lot of toxic things. And so what we feed our relationships, what we feed our body, what we feed our soul, uh, potentially is poisonous. And so God's word really shows us how we can get rid of some of those toxins and embrace the life that he is calling us to live. And so again, that's on January 8th. I hope you'll come and and visit with us and join us. And uh, as we begin today, I want to start with just a word of prayer. I'm going to share a message about how the light of Christmas really changes everything. And so today when I pray, I just want to ask you and encourage you to say a a short prayer to God as well and, and just simply say, God, speak to me today. And that might be the first time you've prayed in a long time, and, and that's kind of weird for some of you, and that's okay, but I just encourage you to just say, God, just, just speak to me today. Show me something new today. And so I'm going to pray and ask God's blessing upon our time. Father, we bow before you, and we're just we're excited about what Christmas means and the, the traditions that we get to experience. And Lord Jesus, in this moment, I, I know there's a lot of different people here in this crowd and, and uh, from all walks of life. And I'm just praying, God, that you'll speak to them, you'll speak to me, and we just pray, God, that you'll change us today. May we truly experience the light of Christmas that changes everything in this room, in this time, together today. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, let's start with a little confession. How many of you guys would admit that when you were a kid, you were afraid of the dark? By a show of hands, you're just going to say, I admit it, I was afraid of the dark. Okay, you can put them down. Thanks for your honesty. How many of you actually used a nightlight when you were a kid? And you're like, I'm a nightlight guy. And okay, cool. A lot of, a lot of honesty today. And let's just be real honest. How many of you are still afraid of the dark? And just say, that's me. Yeah. So a lot of you. Yeah. When my kids were little, we didn't really do the nightlight deal because they always broke and didn't work. And so my kids started asking us to turn the closet light on for them in their room. And so uh, I'll never forget when my youngest daughter, Blakely, she was three or four years old. And we had this routine every night. I would tuck her in. I would say her prayers. And then she would say, Daddy, will you turn my light on and quack the door? <laughs> and I would, I would say, Honey, I will turn the light on for you, and I will quack the door just for you. And I couldn't tell her it was the wrong way. It was just too cute. You know, you just want those things to last. But as a kid, like, you know that the light changes everything. It just kind of changes the dynamic of your room when you're a kid and you're trying to go to sleep. And, 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 and you know, later on in life, uh, I, I saw one night, this was when my kids, my oldest is 13 now, but she was like five, and then my son was four, and so they were really little, and a storm came, and lightning, and thunder was happening, and, and uh, the, the power in the house was, was off. It, 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 it went off with this lightning strike, and all my kids, you know, started running down the steps and jumping in bed with us, and they were scared. My wife was scared, let me just be honest, and so we're, we're sitting there, and their eyes are wide and big, and they're looking at me, and we're grabbing flashlights and candles, and and uh, I just told him, I said, you know, guys, God's in control of the weather. 
I said, any time that you're afraid and, and uh, you're fearful, just, just pray and ask Jesus to give you strength. And as I'm sitting there talking, I can just see, I'm imagining like light bulbs going off in their mind and they're just like blown away by the truth that dad is spilling right now, right? And they're being impacted in an incredible way. And as I stop and it was quiet and they're looking at me, my son who was four at that time said, dad, and I said, yes, son. He said, I want Batman. <laughs> it's like, oh, you totally missed that whole conversation, man. But, but just a few minutes later, the lights came back on and everybody was happy again and they went back to bed and it's just weird to think about it, but, but there's just a peace and a comfort when the lights are out and they come back on in the home, how that just changes the dynamic. I mean, lights are a big part of Christmas. How many of you guys put lights on your house? Lots of lights, love the lights on the house. How many of you put lights on your tree? Most everybody will do that. Christmas lights just have a way of, of changing the environment. In the Bible, light is a big concept. Jesus comes into the world and he calls himself the light of the world. God himself says that God is light. Um, I was reading an article recently about the Colombian War. It's been going on for the last 50 years, and you may not know a lot about it, but um, what's been happening in the country of Colombia is like there's these groups of soldiers, these band of soldiers they call guerrillas, and they live in the jungles, and they terrorize communities. They kidnap people, they traffic drugs, and, and they're always you know, killing and, and fighting, and the struggle has been going on for over 50 years. Uh, 220,000 people have lost their lives. Six million people have been displaced in that country because of these wars. And so they're constantly trying to figure out how in the world are we going to get peace uh, in this situation. And so they hired a, an advertising company that, to do something uh, a little bit different and a little bit creative. And the owner and the director is Jose Miguel Sokoloff. And the idea that he came up with was Christmas lights. Go figure, right? Well, it made sense because in the Christmas season, they noticed every year that the fighting stopped. And it was almost as if, you know, in this Christmas season, even all of these soldiers knew that this was a unique and special time. And so they didn't fight. And so they took advantage of this time and they went into the middle of the jungle and they found these massive trees and they decided to decorate them as in, in Christmas lights. And so they took these 75 foot uh, trees and just decked them out. In Christmas lights. I think we have a picture. Guys, can you show that just to kind of give us a visual of what that would look like? And you can only imagine if you're a soldier in the middle of Columbia and you're walking down the trail and you see this in the middle of nowhere, this massive Christmas tree, it attracted their attention. And even more so, they put a large banner beside the tree with this message. And the message said, if Christmas can come to the jungle, you can come home. So the idea was, hey, you can leave this life. You, you can get out of the jungle. You can get out of this world and this war and come home. They also knew that rivers were a big part of the highway system in the jungle. And so they decided to take these plastic Christmas ornaments. And they, they went to the moms and dads in the local towns who had lost their sons or, or their daughters to this war. And, and they got pictures of these, kids, of these people when they were kids. And they put a message attached to that picture and they put it in this plastic Christmas ornament and they put a light in the ornament and they put thousands of these ornaments into the river. And then the river carried these messages into the depths of the jungle. I think we have a picture of this. You can imagine in the middle of the night, thousands of these ornaments floating down. And in fact, thousands of these soldiers found them. The Christmas tree, the Christmas banner, 
They find these ornaments, they open it up, they see these pictures of these kids, and the message that was attached was this. Before you were a soldier, you were my child. Come home to me. And over the course of a couple of years, with, with this impact and with other things that they were doing, they're, they're seeing over 17,000 soldiers leaving the jungle, leaving this war, and coming home. And so finally they're having peace talks. And I just read that story and it's just really cool. Like, like who in the world would have thought that Christmas lights could bring peace to the middle of the Colombian jungle? Well, the reality is lights change everything. I mean, the, the dynamic of lights and, and, and the fact that, that God is light and Jesus is coming into the world as the light of the world changes everything. So I want to talk about how that, in fact, changes our life. And I want to start with a verse in John chapter 12 where Jesus makes a pretty profound statement. He says this, he says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Now there's a couple of things we learn just by this one verse. Jesus says, I have come into the world. So the reality is Jesus is a real man. He was a real person who walked on this planet. Now, no one like debates that anymore. It's like the historicity of Jesus is proven, not only from the Bible, but from other writings from secular writers at that time talk about this man named Jesus. So we know he was real. So the question for us is like, what do we do with this guy who claims to be the savior of the world? Not, is he real? No, we, we know he's real, but what do we do with him? He says that he's the light, and so I wanna unpack that today. He also says that if you believe in me, you're going to come out of darkness. Now, what that assumes is that before we come to Jesus, we are walking in darkness. Now, he's not talking about a physical darkness here. He's talking about a spiritual darkness. When, when you and I are separated from God, we are walking in spiritual darkness. It's why we, we don't understand the world it's why things are, are happening to you and, and maybe in the last year you're going through some situations and you're like, man, I don't understand what's going on, what, what this means and why, why is this happening? And when we're walking in spiritual darkness, we don't have any answers to those questions. You see, Jesus comes as the light because we live in a dark world. And without him, we're, we're, we're too blind to find the light on our own. So when we think about this, though, we, we have to realize that if we're going to begin to answer this question, how the light changes everything, we've got to realize that we don't start with the Christmas story. I don't know, that may be kind of weird at a Christmas Eve service. Like, like, what do you mean? Like, to know why Jesus came and to know the message of Christmas, you can't start with Christmas. It'd be like me giving you a book for Christmas this year and you open up this novel in the middle of the novel and you start reading the book from the middle to the end. It's just not gonna make sense. It'd be like you leaving here and going to see a movie and walking into the theater halfway in the middle of the movie and expect to know what's going on. You're not gonna know what's going on. I mean, the story of Christmas is actually in the middle of a bigger story that has taken place. And so to understand Christmas, we have to start in the very beginning when God created the world. He created everything and he says that it was good. He created Adam and Eve and, and they lived in paradise. It was perfect. There was no sin in the world. 
See, God created them to be in relationship with him. God created you. He created me to be in a relationship with him, to, to worship him. And so Adam and Eve did what God said not to do. And when they did that, sin entered the world, and it changed their relationship with God. In fact, we inherited that same sin nature, and our relationship with God has been ruined from that moment forward. And so as time went on, God saw all the wickedness and all the rebellion that was taking place in this world, and and he decided to destroy it all. So he sends a flood and destroys everything except for Noah and his family, and he says, no, I want you to repopulate the earth. And and so he does, and as the population began to grow and grow, God saw more rebellion and more wickedness. And and, and, and this time, though, since he had promised that he was never going to flood the world again, he said, I'm going to show them just how much I love them. Instead of, instead of sending a flood, this time I'm going to show them my son Jesus. I'm going I'm to allow Jesus to be born into this world. He's going to live this life. He's going to experience the pain. He's going to experience all the suffering. He's going to experience the very same things that you and I experience. But for him, he's going to totally live a perfect life. And then he's going to die on the cross. And the reason why he's going to die is because God shows his justice and his love. And that he's not condemning me. He's not allowing me to experience the pain and suffering from my sin. He actually receives the payment of Jesus on the cross as my payment. So that I would be forgiven for all the wrong and all the sin that is in my life. And so Jesus dies on a cross providing a way for me to have a relationship with God. And then Jesus is raised from the grave three days later, defeating sin, defeating death. He ascends into heaven. The Holy Spirit comes to live within us on this earth to build his church and to tell other people about this message. God says that one day Jesus will return. But this time when he comes to the earth, he'll be coming to judge the world. He'll gather all those who believe in him, who had faith in him and And he will take them to be with him forever in heaven. And for all those who rejected him, who did not commit their life to him, he will send to a place of utter darkness separated from God forever. See, that's the story. Christmas happened because you and I had a problem. And our problem is sin. And God sends Jesus as the answer to that sin problem. And so when we look at the Christmas story, we we go to the beginning, we catch up, we understand, okay, now we know why he's here. Now, what is Jesus going to do for me if I give my life to him? How does the light change everything? Well, let me give you two ways that the light changes everything. The first thing is that Jesus wants to give you peace. He wants to give you peace, peace with God. Um, If you're married, or maybe you've got a boyfriend or girlfriend, when you have an argument with them, isn't it just like, uh, doesn't it just like change everything? You're thinking about that all the time. It just, you know, the, that relationship is just kind of out of whack and nothing feels right. Maybe you're not talking to each other and, and it just kind of robs your joy, you know, how that goes until you actually make amends and you, you know, kind of rekindle and, and kind of retalk and ask for forgiveness and all these kinds of things and restore that relationship. If you don't do that, eventually that relationship just feels dead. So in the same way, because of our sin, our relationship with God has been destroyed. It's been ruined. And that's why we walk into this room tonight, and some of you feel like you're a million miles away from God. 
you feel like he's not real, you, he's not listening, you don't feel like he's going to impact you or wants to do anything in your world. And so for you, Christmas is just kind of like a tradition that, hey, we show up and we, we, you know, we believe that God is, like there is a God, I guess, but he's not really interested in my life or you know, we're not really serious about our spiritual life. But what we have to realize is that Jesus comes to bring us peace with God because we are enemies with God before we receive his forgiveness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 that God sent Jesus to make peace between himself and us. And so this is what he's doing. He's, he, he's bringing us back to our creator because of his death, because of his resurrection. And so because of our sin, though, we're always thinking we know better than God. We're always grasping for our plan, and we are rejecting God's plan. See, as God's creation, we're created to love him. We're created to be in relationship with him. We're created to honor him. But what we do because of sin is we spend a lot of time trying to honor ourselves. We spend a lot of time chasing things that we think are going to bring us joy, chasing things that we think are going to bring us success and happiness. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're running after a job. We're running after money. We're running after relationships, and, and so you, you name it, and you've probably tried it to find happiness. And maybe for a season, it's like, oh man, this feels good, I'm, I'm finally happy, but it's just only a matter of time before you kind of realize that, mm, that's not really making me happy anymore. And so it's kind of like we're on this search. And so we read things in the Bible like John three nineteen, where it says, light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light so that's the reality jesus is coming to the world as the light of the world but our tendency is always to go to the darkness and what's your first instinct when you have you know when, when you've done something wrong you want to keep it a secret what's the first thing adam and eve did when they sinned they hid from god so the idea for us is this is kind of our tendency to keep things in the dark to keep things secret to, to, to run to things that we think are going to elevate our life, going to bring us happiness, make us look good. It's the exact opposite of how we find true life. And the scripture speaks to that. And Romans 5.10 says that while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of, of his son. Now this is incredible. That when we are in sin, we are still, because of God's love, we are still given the gift of Jesus. This is amazing love. You know, we're doing our own thing, we're running after our own, like, plan, we're rejecting God, we're re rebelling against God, and yet he, out of his love, sends Jesus to pay for our sins and to provide a way for us to have a relationship with God, to have peace with God. And so, what we've got to realize is that peace with God cannot be found apart from Jesus. Like, you can't live a good life, you, you can't do good enough, you can't give enough money, you can't attend church, you... There's, there's no list of things that you can do to receive peace with God. And so I talk to people all the time about their faith, and they think, you know, I'm just trying to live a good life. If I can just, you know, try to do a good job, I'm just hoping that God's going to see my life and say, all right, man, you're good enough. Way to go. You did your best. But your best is never going to be good enough for God. He demands perfection. And because of our sin, we can't give that perfection. And yet the scripture says that when we confess our sin, put our faith and trust in Jesus. He doesn't see my life. He doesn't look at my life. He looks at the death of Jesus and the life of Jesus and says, okay, because of my son, I accept you. I welcome you. I call you a child of the king. 
this is what we want to gra- grasp today. Like, like you can have peace with God when you recognize that that peace from God doesn't come from anything you do. It comes from what Jesus already did for you. So Jesus is offering you peace today. The second thing that, that Jesus is offering you is life. Jesus is the light of the world. It changes everything because Jesus wants to give you life. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, the, the, the Christmas story. And you'll remember there's shepherds and, and the angel comes to the shepherds and, 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 and shares this message with them. And the angel says, fear not. That's the first thing he says, fear not. Why? Because they were probably really, really afraid. Did you know that there are 365 fear nots in the Bible? I mean, one for every day. Because God doesn't want you to be afraid of his plan. He doesn't want you to be afraid of the Lord. He doesn't want you to be afraid of Jesus. I think a lot of fear is in some of your heart today. What if I commit my life? What if I go God's way? How am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? And, and that's what faith is all about. He says, fear not. And the angel says, I have good news of great joy that will be for all people. I, I love that. Think about that, what he's saying. He's saying, I have great news. I have good news for you. Now, for some of you, you know Jesus and you recognize, yeah, there's, this is good for us. I, I understand why Jesus came. And then there's another group of you in the room that are like, it's not really that good news. I mean, it's kind of old news for me. It's not good. It's, it's just the old news. But I mean, I've heard the story. I went to Sunday school. I, I, I watched Charlie Brown, and I know what the story is. The angels, Mary, Joseph, no room in the inn, and you know, yada, yada, yada. I got the story, and it's just kind of old news for you. My hope today is that you'll realize that it's, it's not just a story. This, this is, you know, matter of fact, Jesus never told us to remember his birth. He told us to remember his death and his resurrection. And so I, I hope that today you'll realize that there's a reason why it's good news. Because Jesus wants to give you life. The angel said that it's going to bring great joy. Now, if you're in the room and you know Jesus He's brought great joy into your life today, and you can attest to that. And I know from my own life, he has brought me tremendous joy, even despite the suffering and some of the hard things that I've gone through. I have a great joy because of him. But there's another group of people in this room who, when you think about following Jesus, when you think about Christianity, you start thinking about not great news. You start, you don't, you don't think about great joy. You think giant list of rules. If I say yes to Jesus, if I get connected in the church, I mean, you're just going to give me a bunch of rules, Trent. I've got to start doing this and doing that. And, bro, I'm not up for that. Like, I know the rules. And, 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 and let me just say, you assume what the rules are. You don't really know what the rules are because, I mean, just be honest, you've never actually read the Bible. But you've just kind of seen people and you've watched some shows and you, you've seen some hypocritical uh, Christians in your life and because of their story and because of their life you totally rejected Jesus and you've totally rejected the Bible just a little insert here this is free not a very wise decision to base what other people are doing upon you know their in their life and, and, and allow that to affect how you're going to meet and to think through and to be connected to or not connected to your creator like it doesn't make sense to me to think in those terms but but the reality is Jesus didn't come to give us a long list of rules. He didn't even come to give us religion. Jesus is coming to give us a relationship. 
And that's really what Christianity is all about. It's a relationship with the Lord. It's a relationship with Christ. And, and as I grow in that relationship, as I connect more with him, there's more great joy. And there's, there's, there's greater things that he does in my life. And, and so I want to challenge you today to recognize that maybe what you thought about the Christmas story or maybe what you thought about Jesus isn't actually what the Bible says about him. In fact, John chapter 10, verse 10 Jesus says that I came to give life, life to the fullest. I love that verse. Some translations say life more abundantly, life to the fullest. Now, why would Jesus come and why would he say I'm coming to give you life to the fullest? Well, we're not living life to the fullest. And some of you would say, Trent, that's true of me, if I was going to be honest. I'm not really living uh, a, a life that I, I feel is Im impactful. I'm not, not really living a significant life today. For me, I just kind of feel like I'm existing. And the reality is most people just exist. I mean, they get up in the morning, you know, they go to work, they come home, watch a little TV, eat dinner, watch This Is Us, cry a little bit, go to bed next day, wake up, go to work, you know. It's like we get in this routine and and, and, and you're not really living, you're just existing. Jesus came to give you life, not existence. Now, if, you, if you're a parent and you've got kids, maybe you've got small kids, and, and so you're changing diapers and feeding, you're, you're very active, right? When your kids get older and you're taking to practice in school and doing homework, as a parent, you're just very active. You're always doing stuff, right? And you're just doing this and doing that. And so there's this deception that happens in our life. Like, we feel like we're doing stuff, but we're really just busy. We're not really making a difference in anyone or anything in the world. And so Jesus is coming to give us life. And I think what he means when he says, I'm coming to give you life is in three areas. The first area is, is, is just this, a new life. Like in other words, he's coming to say, I, I am gonna forgive you of your sins if you'll submit before me. And when I, for, when I receive that forgiveness, he gives me a brand new life. The Bible calls it a new creation. In other words, you and I get a brand new start. He forgives me of, of, of my past. He forgives me of my present sin. He forgives me for the future sins that I'm going to commit. This is amazing. He wants to give you a brand new life. Now, some of you have probably heard Christians talk about or church people talk about being born again. And so that's kind of creepy. It's like, what does that mean? Some kind of weird reincarnation thing or something. But it just simply means that when we receive Jesus, we get a brand new life. He gives us a brand new start, and this is what is amazing. The guilt and the shame that we've experienced up until that point, he says, I want to remove that. You don't have to live that way any longer. The second thing that he means when he says life to the fullest is the abundant life. And so by that, I mean a life of significance, a life that, that truly we discover our purpose, and so being able to, to live that life of meaning, that life of significance is something that I think is deep rooted in our DNA. We're longing for that significance. The older we get, the more important it becomes because we know our time is getting shorter. And so Jesus offers us this abundant life if we'll receive him by faith. And then finally, this, this life to the fullest means that he wants to give us eternal life. And so the promise from him is that, look, I am, I'm, when you die from here, I'm preparing a, a home for you for all eternity. The Bible says that everybody is going to live forever somewhere. We're not meant to only live 80, 90 years. 
God created us to live forever. But we will leave this world. And when we leave this world, whenever that time comes for each of us, we will exist in another place. It will either be in heaven with the Lord or separated from him for all eternity. And so he is saying, when you receive me by faith, you are getting the promise of eternal life. This is amazing. This is the grace of God. You're probably familiar with John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that, that, that he came and whoever uh, believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I love that verse. God loves us so much that he gave us Jesus. But, but that next verse is even more powerful. The next verse says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. Now I love that. Because God didn't send Jesus to come and condemn you. He didn't didn't send Jesus to to point his finger at you tonight and say, you're a loser, (laughs) you're a sinner, you're you're a terrible person. He came to save you. The angel tells the shepherd, I've got good news. It's going to bring great joy. It's for all people. For unto you this day is born a Savior. Because you and I needed a Savior. I love as well, when I, when I read this, I, I love it when it says for all people. Because I talk to people all the time about their faith. And, and I hear people say things like, well, Trent, you just don't know what I've done. I've done some pretty terrible things. I, I've done some things that are pretty rough. And I just don't think that this is for me. I, I, I don't understand what you're talking about here when you're talking about this grace. But I, I love that the angel says this is for all people. Here's the problem. Until you have Jesus, you don't understand what it feels like to truly be alive. You think that all this tension in your life, you think that all that anxiety, that fear, you think that the stress that you feel day in and day out is just normal. Everybody feels this, right? Everybody feels empty like this trend. This is just what life is. And Folks, that's just not the reality. That is not how everyone lives. Jesus came to give you life. But you, but to experience this life, you and me, to truly grasp this life, you have to admit that that you're not in control. You have to recognize that, that Jesus is the Son of God, that He does have a plan for you, and that plan is good. We can trust that plan and And we embrace him by faith, receive that forgiveness, and then begin to walk in that freedom. Folks, that's my prayer for you today. But for some of you, this has been kind of an issue. You you, you continue to struggle with with this idea that, man, I'm I'm, I'm kind of running my deal, and and I want to go my way, and I want to follow my plan. And In order to receive Jesus, it's going to take some humility. It's going to take you humbling yourself before the Lord. Last year, I went to Israel, and um, I was able to go to Bethlehem and went to the place where they they think that Jesus was born. And so we don't know for sure, but Constantine's mom, like many, many years ago, they found this cave right outside of Bethlehem, and they kind of feel like, okay, this, this could have been the place. And so they built this church over this cave, and they call it the Church of the Nativity claims to be the oldest church in the world and a pretty cool place cool to see the cave and all this kind of stuff but what I really liked was the door into the church 
The door into the church was not a normal door. It was a really small door. I think we have a picture of it. Kind of give you an idea of what it looks like. I don't know who these people are, but they just kept getting in the way. So, so the door you can tell is, is really small. Now, now, the reason why they did that is, is kind of some symbolism. And so what they, were, what they were teaching me is that, look, we wanted everybody to know when they came to the birthplace of Jesus that they had to come before him the same way that everybody else has come before him. It doesn't matter if you're a president of the United States who has, has visited there in the past. Kings and queens have visited there. Rich, poor, young, old, doesn't matter. Everyone comes before Jesus in the same way. And that same way is just like in this picture, you have to bow down to enter the church. I love that symbolism. Because the reality is today, if, if you want Jesus, you're gonna have to humble yourself and recognize that you're a sinner, to admit that, that you have gone your own way, you've rebelled against God, and you come to him humbly, saying, God, save me, God, forgive me, and you are committing your life to Jesus. And then he's giving you the gift of forgiveness. He's giving you the gift of salvation, the gift of freedom to live in this world with meaning, purpose, significance, life, to the fullest and the promise and hope of heaven forever. Folks, that is the Christmas story. That's how the light changes everything. We get out of this spiritual darkness and we receive the light that transforms our heart. It begins to change our marriage. It changes everything about our leadership. It changes everything about how we interact with the world around us. And finally, we finally have our eyes open to why it is we're even here. That only comes from Jesus. It only comes out of a relationship with knowing him. And I know in a room this size, some of you are here because a friend or a family member said, we're going to Foothills, you're coming with me. And you kind of begrudgingly said, whatever. And then you showed up and you had some cookies and you were like, all right, this place is not so bad. Had a little milk, you're like, okay music was incredible and you're like okay I gotta get this and then I began to talk and all of a sudden like your heart started beating a little bit different and it's just like like you almost had that prayer answered like right now you kind of felt like God has been like kind of stirring with you maybe some things that I'm saying from God's word begin to, to kind of stir your heart and if you were honest like gut level honest with me right now you would say you know what I I haven't committed my life to Jesus. I've been kind of running the show myself and I've been avoiding God. And as a result of avoiding him, man, I, I have a lot of issues. Maybe a friend has been talking to you, a wife or a husband has been encouraging you and you've just been shutting them out. But for whatever reasons today, today you're ready to do something about it. Like you've heard the word, you've heard the message and you're ready for a new start. You're ready for that life to the fullest. You're ready for that, that, that next step that you believe God is asking you to take today. And so I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. Let me ask everyone just to bow their heads and, and let's take a moment just to pray together. I wanna be able to pray for you today. I want you to, 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 to truly experience the Lord today. And so I wonder in this room if, if you would just be honest with me today, and I wanna pray for you, and 
and, and, and you would just say, Trent, if I was honest, I don't have Jesus. I've never given my life to him. Would you pray for me tonight? Or did anybody want to just lift up their hand and put it back down and just say, that's me? Anybody at all say, Trent, that's me. Would you just pray for me in this room? Anybody? See one. Anybody else just say, oh, me? All right. Thank you, sir. Anyone else that I haven't seen, that I have not done that? Would you pray for me? I saw one, maybe two. There's a third. I see you. Thank you. Just pray for me, Trent. Like, this is, this is, this is real for me. I can admit this. Anyone else? Here's the deal. I really want you to experience the hope of Christmas today. And so I wanna, I'm gonna pray a prayer and it's gonna be a guideline for you. And if you really want to make this commitment to Jesus tonight, I believe if you will, if you will make this prayer yours and just make this commitment to him, I believe God will save you and he'll give you the hope of, of, of this new birth and this new life that I've been talking about tonight. So would you just bow your heads? In the quietness of this moment, just pretend that it's, this is just between you and the Lord. And you just simply tell him this. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Today I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe you died for me and rose again so that I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so that I can love you and live for you. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. And in the quietness of this room, I know there are people that made that commitment to the Lord right now. Man, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for what God is doing in your heart right now. And I'm gonna ask you to do something that's gonna require some boldness and some courage, but I'm gonna ask you to do it because I believe you need some encouragement tonight. I believe there are others in the room here tonight that, that maybe you need to pray for someone or maybe this has been an incredibly difficult year. I mean, you, you're, you're on the back end maybe of a divorce. Maybe you've been struggling with depression. You've been struggling with anxiety. You've had some relational issues that are just overwhelming you. Maybe it's for you, it's like, man, it's the same problem I've been having since I was in college to just keep rearing its ugly head. And I want you to know that Jesus says in Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That means no matter what you have done, no matter what struggles you bring into the room tonight, come as you are to Jesus and he will give you rest for your souls. Oh man, isn't that what we're after? Oh man, I'm, we're, we're after that rest for our souls. Some of you are still restless tonight. Maybe you didn't pray that prayer, but maybe you're ready to do that. Maybe you want someone to pray with you tonight. Whatever it is, I'm gonna ask you to stand up, all of us to stand up in just a minute. And when we stand up, if you prayed that prayer or if you want someone to pray with you tonight, when everyone else stands up, I wanna ask you to move, get them out of your way, get into the aisle and go to the very back of the room where my friend Lance is standing. He's got a flashlight, he'll be waving so you can see him. He's gonna connect you with some of my other friends that just wanna encourage you and love on you. 
they'll high five you, man, because they are here for you. What an, what an amazing experience to be here in this night and to finally, finally understand the truth of Christmas. Now listen, I know some of you are with your family members and you're like, Trent, what are they gonna think? What are they gonna do? I'm gonna have to climb over them. They're gonna love it. This is gonna be an amazing thing for them. It's gonna be an amazing thing for you, man. And so, so the focus for you is, man, you've got to tell someone what you just did. So let's do that right now. How about I count? If I count, we'll do it all at the same time. On the count of three, let's all stand. You move. You made that decision tonight. You want someone to pray with you. You want to get something off your chest. Man, we're here for you right now. On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Let's stand together. You make your way out. You see Lance in the back. Praise God. not leaving here until someone encourages me. I want to see and experience what you're talking about, Trent. Praise God, man. I see that back there. Praise God for what he's doing. Yeah, church. Yeah, church. Who else? Who else needs to experience this? We're all family here, right? Like you're, you're here with your family. And so I feel like a family quick kind of conversation would be helpful for us. And so here's what I want to do. I just want you to turn to the person beside you. Just say, what's up, man? Just say it like, just like, say, hey, what's up? And then I want you to say, wait, don't do it yet. I, gosh, you guys are excited. That's okay. Just say, hey, what's up? And then say, if you, if you want me to go with you, I'll go with you and we'll pray together. We'll talk to someone together. Would you just now go ahead and tell them, say, say what's up, man? Little, little Christmas conversation here. We're all family. God is here. Just say, I'll go with you. Let's not leave tonight without dealing with what God is doing in our heart tonight. I promise you, you'll never be the same. God wants to change you tonight. God wants to show you something different in the year 2017. The old is gone when we come to Christ. Behold, all things are new. And this is for you. And this is the offer of Christmas to each of us tonight. And so, man, I'm thankful for what God is doing. And I'm gonna, the, the band is going to sing another song for us. It's going to be awesome, by the way. But while this song is going, at any moment, if you're like, man, I, I need to go talk to someone. I, I, wanna, I want to express what I've done and what's going on in my life. You just get up, make your way to the back here, and our folks are going to love on you and encourage you. Man, thanks for your attention tonight. Thanks for celebrating with me tonight. You guys can have a seat. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.